Hi, I'm Lauren Bailey. And I'm Nick Kane. And this is The Act of Storytelling. This is the third in our mini suite trifecta of interviews with creatives who are getting things done. And I cannot wait to get stuck into our conversation with this guy. I turned to my wife last night and I said, she came upstairs and I was getting ready to exercise and um, I just started being really silly. And she said, what's with you? She said, what's with you? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, um, what did I say exactly? She said, I just said, I'm really happy. Thomas Meadmore is the director of The Spy Who Fell to Earth for Netflix and creator and director of acclaimed four-part docu-series After the Night or The Night Caller on Sundance TV USA, Sky Crime in the UK and Stan Australia. He's also up for some deep self-reflection and sharing the challenges and achievements of his journey. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Can, can you talk to us about what's new or innovative in your artistic journey at the moment? Yeah, sure. I My professional background over the last 15 years has been documentaries. Before I got into documentaries, I was working in my own time, you know, passionately working on fiction and put it, put it aside for various reasons, mainly perfectionism related and ended up in documentary and have sort of managed to reach lots of goals in the documentary arena, which has been um, amazing. But that sort of left me in a position now where I'm like, I can't ignore the voice that's saying you need to do this other fiction stuff that you love. For better or worse, you have to just do it just to get it out of your body. But of course, you know, I've sat down to, to do it and have just been crippled with these voices of you are shit <laughs> you stole my inner voice right yeah i was gonna say i know that guy <laughs> so i'm like hang on a minute hang on a minute and I've had, I've had to go through this epic process and it's you know hasn't been helped by this like i finished this project that absolutely rinsed me energetically last year after the night and took everything out of me and left me in a black hole of exhaustion mm. right okay. and I was so I was like okay I've got a lot to deal with here I've got to sort of unpack all of this stuff why why am I so not physically exhausted but spiritually exhausted here so I've had to unpack all of that over the last four months um and at the same time go okay well I'm using this time effectively that I have locked down a break between gaps and whatnot to do this work and I've got to get over this hurdle of this voice it's really interesting just to hear you talk about that mindset of of having to use this time. Uh, because we had two lockdowns in Victoria last year. The first one, I was really gung ho and I was like I have to yeah. I I got to be ready and like I was so busy. And in the second one, I got really in my head and it was more about okay, what is this time for? But that pressure to be doing something with time, I find such an interesting concept. Oh, yeah, just the pressure. It was so nice to hear that I am not alone on the time pressure front. What about you, Nick? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Tom, am I right in saying this? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but since our last chat, one of the things I remember thinking when I chatted to you was this guy just gets it fucking done like he works hard you know what i mean i mean this he works really fucking hard on his projects 
but it's all driven through this kind of purpose that he has for a project. I think at the time it might have been the, the How to Lose Jobs and Elliot Girlfriends at the time, but mm. even if you look at things like the Cancer Conflict, which I know was another project that, you know, sort of kept an eye on, right through to the Nightcrawler, I know that you grew up in this area, right? There seems to be a purpose that gets you through and you draw on that energy reserve to get the project done. Do you feel that's what you're doing with this project? Is there a massive purpose behind this fiction writing other than I just want to do it? Um, Yes, there is. Okay, so after Nightcrawler finished, right, I sort of collapsed into a vortex of physical exhaustion, like really mm-hmm. to my bones. I felt like there were frayed wires all the way through. Yes. I was burnt out because of the of the demands. Like I shot the film in three weeks and had six weeks of an episode to edit. I was cutting here in London and there was other editors in Sydney. So I was on Sydney time. And I was working all day, every day. So I was knackered. But also what happened was, this was the strange thing. It went really well. So it was well received. It was people, lots of people watched it. People were very happy with it. Now, I've experienced putting projects out there where people don't respond that way. And when you go through an experience where it's the opposite and suddenly you're confronted with a positive reaction, it feels lovely. However, what I experienced at the same time was, but now what? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and what's more, this hasn't changed how I feel about my own self. I suddenly realised that people responding well to a project doesn't feed anything positive. It doesn't give anything, really. Nope. Because <laughs> you think, oh, I, it would be, I just want to make a project that people really like and enjoy and connect with. Ah, that would be amazing. When I do this... Yeah. But it doesn't make a difference at all. It absolutely does nothing. And what it did is it sort of actually forced me to go through this process of sort of confronting um, uh, my motivations behind why I do what I do, right? And you sort of look at the result, right, of how people respond and what people think and opportunities come, all that sort of shit, and what did it cost me to get this, right? Okay, and I looked at it and I went, the cost has been immense and, frankly, not worth it. It's not worth it, which makes me go, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right? And you We feel you. Well, yeah. We do. Right. <laughs> and, this is, and this is even more strange because this is something that's been, you know, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. You know, it's a, wonder, it's like a, it's a great project and um, it's what you dream of when you're starting out. Well, it, it is still a nice thing, but it's part of a whole journey. It's not the end of the journey. So it's like. No. So what happened was um, I had to go and look at it all and go, okay, hang on. What's, what is this feeling that I'm you know, dealing with? And I had to go back and unpick all this childhood stuff. And ultimately it connected to, you know, wanting some sort of external validation, food externally, validation, yep. etc. Mm-hmm. And then when you strip all that back and you go, well, why should you just give, stop doing it? Right. Okay. And it's like, no, no, I don't want to stop doing it. At the core, it's like, no, 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 I don't want to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And reconnecting or connecting deeper to the thing that drives me through all of the excruciating difficulty that is this job uh, is this very, very, very strong and powerful desire to tell stories that change hearts and minds. And this little person in me who 
watched films and used to feel so um, moved by stories and tra- transformed, having a vicarious transformative experience myself, I thought, I want to give that experience to people, which is what drives, that's what drives me. That's what I love about it. I, can, I, can I follow one little thing up there? Because I, I feel like in a way, I don't want to say I've been through a similar journey, but in some ways I think we've all been through some kind of experience like this. What I feel you got to there, and tell me if this is wrong, it always comes back to serving others. Sure. Like here's the thing, any internal validation where you go, I want to be liked or I want something successful so people look at me like this, ultimately ends up being hollow. Yeah. I think. Yeah, but you can say that to me or you can say that to me or it's Joe Bloggs all day. 100%. And they'll go, yeah, 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 I yeah. get it. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. cool. I've, I'm, you know. It's just such an interesting journey, isn't it? Because you do get to that point where you're like, I can't fucking go on like this. What is the cost here and how do I find a more meaningful yeah. output? I love this. This conversation just felt so honest and it didn't really go where I expected it to, but that was amazing too. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that just the beauty of reflecting on where you've been sometimes that if you can actually go there and not shy away from that prickly emotional underbelly that can be there, then that's where the value of these conversations comes out. And so having connected to that drive, which sounds like it was a somewhat painful, but maybe ultimately positive revealing experience, how do you think you can take that new sense of purpose into the fiction work? It's different. The paradigm is different. It's automatically different. It's nothing conscious. There's nothing conscious about it. So having gone through this process, and don't get me wrong, I haven't been driven by the desire for external validation. It has been it has been there. It has been there. But, you know, if that was all it was, right, every time I got hit up against a wall, you know, where I've been told time and again no, then I would have just given up. I would have turned away from it. So I just want to say that, that it's my whole thing hasn't been, oh, love me, you know, not at all. No. But that aspect of it has reached, I think, a hope, a conclusion. And without that there, the stakes are lower. For me, writing fiction, the, the, the sense of being successful with it and being good at it or being successful at it, for me inside, was life or death. But it was literally life or death. There was some part of me, some child part of me that it connected back to and it was life or death for me to be okay at this. And also really, you know, in a sense, all the documentary stuff too, you know, a lot of the hell I put myself through with that being, that working and being good, you know, which drove workaholism, frankly. Mm. It's true. I'm, you know, I've been doing Workaholics Anonymous since November, Mm. right, Um, is that that pressure of its life or death has has been subsiding and so the experience of doing it has been more fun and more joyful so there's a lightness oh yeah lightness i'm like woo, you know like i like yeah. i was dancing i was being an idiot with my wife last night yeah. she came she said, what's with you and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah. i haven't felt this way in a really long time and that's because i've been looking at it all i've been dealing with it all. i've been you know using the tools at my disposal to look at whatever pain and trauma i've got and getting over it now it's lighter and fun and I have access to that part of me and I you know you've got me at a good mo- really good moment because if it was a week ago I'd have been like ah! 
Sorry, I'm being a bit dramatic. <laughs> We're totally down with the drama. And Tom, yeah, honestly, yeah. there's a reason we want to talk to you. You're a beautiful human being. You can see that through the work you do. I know you've just yeah. explained to us that you don't do it for external validation, but please, like, know how much we value this. Oh, me too. I'm excited too. I want to hear something about. Are there a couple of different ideas that you're brainstorming? Mm. Is there something that's been growing yeah. in you for a while? Yeah. Genres? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I've got so many ideas, so many things that I've been <laughs> working on. I mean, I've got two. I've got one idea I've been working on since I was 18. Wow. And I haven't. It's called the Box of Tapes. So I've been trying to get that on the page for 20 years. And Where is it at in terms of on the page at the moment? Mm. Oh, it's, this is the inner treatment form. That's, li- that's literally it here. It's a treatment, yep. Um, and then I've got another one called Boyfriend, Girlfriend. And then there's this short that I'm working on. Anyway, I've got all those. I've got all And a bit of, of an edit here so that we don't need to ask you all to sign an NDA on Tom's story ideas. I love how different these ideas are to what your previous projects have been, by the way. I know, they're completely it's different. It's lovely. It's completely different. Working on that stuff fills me with, yeah. with an absolute joy, and I might be a shit writer, you know, and I might not be good at it. But what I'm, what I'm, the place I'm in now is really quite simple, and that is, I'm really enjoying just doing it, so I can get it out of my body and get and, and move on yeah. with my life, <laughs> just move on with my life. Cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, do you feel like documentary is done now? No, no, I love documentaries. I love making yeah. documentaries. I love it. So you're, you're using, not that we want to talk about lockdown, but you're using lockdown obviously to just mull these ideas and take them in whatever direction you want because you've got the time to do it. Is that how you feel? I'm using lockdown to focus mm. on it and focus on yep. just get, getting better at this, you know, because I'm not a professional screenwriter, but I'm trying, I'm, I'm going through a development process with these ideas because I love them. Uh, they're something that I feel really passionate about. It's important for me to uh, maximise their potential, yeah. so I can feel satisfied that I've done everything I can, and I'm re- and I'm doing it in a way that's I'm really enjoying. I can honestly say, guys, that I'm so happy doing this. Happy mm. in a way I haven't been since I was in high school, I think, or mm. just you know when I first started this. Purposeful work. It's just a different type of purposeful work, right? To what you like, there was always a strong purpose to what you did, but this is something that you need to. Do this like, is stronger, yeah, yeah, in at the the core of you. I think so. Mm. And if it's like any good story, through the writing and the telling of it, you learn so much about yourself. Always. I know you said that when Nightcaller. It's after called. The night? It's called after the night in Australia, a nightcaller everywhere else. So after nightcaller slash after the night, um, I know you said there was this pressure you felt from yourself, like what's next? What was the industry? reaction like obviously you were in the New York Times and it seems like it's been really positive have you felt any is I don't know if this is a naive question from me (laughs) but have you had people contacting you for what you're making next or yeah the the company that I worked with on the night caller I'm they're very keen to develop something else and we're in the process of pitching another series another film or four-part series so that's been good Um, I had a big company here reach out for some work exciting so it's been good yeah yeah well i think we'll wrap it there but thank you so much it's um always a great chat and it's actually really exciting to see what's next for you because after years and years and years of probably following 
not one path, but certainly following documentary, it's an opportunity to take another swerve for you. So I'm excited to see what comes out of it. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah. It's very exciting for two people who are driven primarily through their passion for connecting to other people and making art that has an impact and telling stories that we really connect to. It's it's really exciting to hear that you're doing something new and, and brave and scary. What a privilege to chat to that guy. I love that Tom is comfortable being open and vulnerable about all aspects of his journey his challenges as well as his achievements. And that alongside the hard work he's put in, that he's also reconnecting with the joy in what he's doing. Yeah, and reconnecting with his roots, but also being very curious about what other opportunities are out there. And since we spoke to Tom, his feature doco, The Cancer Conflict, which follows two cancer sufferers with distinctly different choices in terms of their cancer treatment, has been picked up for international sales by leading independent documentary distributors, Java Films which is very exciting. So much time for that guy. A big thanks to Tom. And to you, Mr. Kane, this has been The Act of Storytelling. Thanks for listening. <laughs>